0: Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the War Movie Review Podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head to Egypt this week with Enzo (laughs) Monteleone's 2002 Second World War epic, LL Maine, the line of fire. As always, I'm joined by Mike B. Yep. And Nate. Dude,
1: Italian dong, man.
0: Unfortunately, <laughs> Michael was captured by the British this morning, so. Good for him. His tale will never be told. He, he
1: did not successfully defend the propane fucking Beretta light machine gun with unlimited ammo with no reloads, but you know.
2: Maybe next time. Just my time. two cents. This movie is horseshit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's
0: a comedy show. It's a fake comedy laugh. show. So what do you guys think?
2: Not bad. Um, it's not it's, bad. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually a pretty good film. And I I love the fact that it was from the Italian-African, like uh, Italian and North Africa perspective, is because at this point, El Man was like the nail in the coffin big time for the Axis forces in North Africa when they were like, I think we're losing it. It's like El Main, which they showed a little bit, but not really in this film, but it's kind of implied, but that was like, Oh, we're actually completely fucked in North Africa. And that's when they started pulling back to Sicily and whatnot and into other MTO uh, countries. But, um, no, the fact that this was told from the Italian perspective and they, you know, when, when the main character, I guess the, the new guy, right? He's the main character. I forgot his name. Um, Gets there, he sees all these guys that have been there for two years. And they're just like, who gives a fuck? Like, we just want to get the fuck out of here. And that is putting it very lightly to where the Italians were in North Africa by that point. They had been completely fucked. The Germans were fucked by their own guys, right? The Italians were not even considered by the uh, uh, Africa Corps. They were like, ah, well, they can hold their own, you know? And so it did show that very well. I did like that aspect of it. There was a lot of um technical errors, I guess. Continuity was one of them, but it's plausible. We can talk about that in a little bit. But like, and it, at certain points, it seemed to be going somewhere and then it stopped going somewhere and then it went somewhere again, and it, like the storyline. Um, but Fairly forgivable, like, as far as, like, a a war film is concerned. Fairly forgivable because that's how it kind of is, and that's what they wanted to get across. But, yeah, overall, not bad at all. Nathaniel? Um,
1: yeah. I mean, like, it's exactly how you said. Like, it's not, like, you know, uh, like, unbelievable, like, holy crap. But, like, I love the fact that this was even made to begin with. Like, and 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 what I mean by that, I mean like I never would have thought. I I knew this movie existed, but like I it's not, I've never watched it, and I thought it was mm. I thought it was a definitely a film I've always wanted to watch. I just never like knew enough about the subject. I never really knew kind of like North Africa to me is is kind of foreign. Like my realm is is Normandy, you know, for June forty four on, mainly from U S. Um, and so, like, that's that's something that's always tickled my fancy, but I've never dived hard in to know what I'm kind of, like, looking at. And But, like, you know, in terms of, like, the actual subject matter, I think it's really interesting. And I think the presentation of it is really well done, considering it's 2002. So this is a year, probably, probably was filmed more likely in 2001. And, uh, you know, it, it I did not even think that this was 2001. I thought this was, like... 2010 or something I didn't realize it was 2002 so that was really impressive I love the vehicles I absolutely love Italian gun design and stuff because it's so fucking wacky and stupid I mean 80 yeah it's like (laughs) it's just the dumb it's like anyone who anyone who who takes just one look at, at like Italian vehicle and weapon design for World War II it's like you would think they were just sniffing paint thinner like, it's just the dumbest <laughs> fucking things in the world, but they worked somehow, and they were just really interesting, because most of them were concepts that just never followed through past, so it's just, it's always very interesting, but I think it's unbelievable they even had those, you know, the cars, the vehicles, it's really cool. Um, I love that little jalopy that they go, like, down to the water in, whatever that thing is. <laughs> I fucking love that car. I was like, I want that. That's a really fucking cool <laughs> design. Um. But, I mean, just talking about the film in general, though, like there are some, like Mike said, like continuity errors. I was not a fan of the combat. It felt very – I don't know. It just, it, just, it just felt old. Like I don't know how I – don't, I don't know that's a horrible way to describe it, but it just felt old. And it felt more like World War I tactics for the most part. And, but I, I love the, I love the setting. I love the desert. I love like all the shit that goes with this. There's just, it just feels like the story hit its mark a couple of times, but I, I thoroughly love, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoyed it. It didn't blow me away, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'll, I'll leave
0: it there for now. Brian. Yeah. I can't really add too much more. Um, I saw this film probably about 10 years ago uh, through Netflix, of all places. And I remember this was a film that took me a long time to find. Um, back in the day, you would hear about films from people that saw them or, like, see trailers and stuff, and then, some cases, it would take a long time to find them. And this is one of those movies. And when I finally saw it, I really liked it. And then I didn't watch it for 10 years until this past week. And still holds up really well. I like it. You know, this is the... Uh, in a lot of ways the Italian Stalingrad, but rewatching it this time I got a lot more platoon vibes than anything. So it's uh it's a very interesting movie, um, from a very interesting perspective that's very well done. Um yeah, and I get why you say it's old in a way, Nate, because twenty years ago was a long time ago. And it's a different style of filmmaking. You know, it's a different if it technically it's two decades ago for filmmaking, the odds. You know, because we're in the 20s now in a way. But um, no, it's a great film overall. I really love it. And just to jump into it, um, start with vehicles. They did a very interesting thing of vehicles in this. All the AXIS vehicles are awesome. I want that bike. That's a Moto Guzzi bike that they're on the whole time. I love it. I love every single inch of it. I love the dirt. I love the grime. I love the camouflage. I love that it doesn't work half the time. I love it. Like, they did such a good job with that. But with the Allied vehicles, they did a horrible... Are you
2: telling me they didn't have 113s in (laughs) 1942? No, they
0: actually didn't have M47 Walker Bulldogs either. Oh, shit. Or they could have been M60s. I'm not sure yet. It was hard to tell. But it was definitely that 47-68 pattern. Yeah. The Um,
1: Allied stuff was really, like, blatantly
0: bad. It was atrocious. But... They knew it was bad and they did the best job they could with it. Correct. To hide and, it. Yeah. You know, instead of making it into a post war tank in the middle of the day, like, oh my God, this is a bad film. Now it's just a tank at night. They're trapped, you know, like, with a bunch they, of shit They did on the it, best so. thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, like, oh, they're MM3s. So have them stop a long way away. So maybe they might look like Brent Carrier's. Like, they did a very good job with what they had. And to touch on that as well, I think that's how they approached the fighting because, you know, they didn't have a lot. Because it's if you don't have a lot, it's easy for it to look cheap, you know? So you have to be economical with your filmmaking. And I think this whole film is just very economical with this filmmaking. Definitely got cut up on the editing room floor. as like you said, you know, it goes certain ways at certain points. But um, I think that was the whole approach. And that kind of explains the incrementalness of certain points, you know? But that was also Life in the Desert, too, to a certain degree.
1: I, I, think, I think it's, you know... It, to kind of, to kind of like start out, like what really what grabbed me, it's like, you know, you mentioned dirt and grime. Like I, I, Brian and I have been on a tear recently of, of just like thinking of like things that we wish were more, were made more within, I guess, war film. And one of the main things I've always talked to Brian is North Africa. I want more fucking North Africa shit. I want, I want more interpretation of that. And I think, I knew, like I said, I knew this movie existed, but I didn't know it was fully in in Italian, which made me just love it even more. I was like, "Holy!" And it's crap. a German
2: film, which is even cooler,
1: right? Yeah, like that. That's yep. just so cool. And the funny thing is that I've seen these actors, some of them. Um, the predominantly one was the. The, the, the guy is kind of like older. He's got more of a square jaw. He's in like Marco Polo and all the Italian movies and, and Italian TV shows. He speaks fluent English. so I love the fact that they went that natural route yes. in that sense. Yep. And I will agree with you, Brian. The first time watching this, this was my first time watching this. It very much felt like Italian Stalingrad because we had just watched, we have just watched you know, About a month ago, Stalingrad 93. And I, I, it did feel a little bit back, like that. And so I can understand your, um, summarization of that from 10 years ago. I could totally understand that. Um, this, I feel like it's its own nature now. Like, like it, it, I, I liked, I, it kind of felt kind of random in its editing, but it had more kind of like a higher power mentality kind of feel to mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. more kind of it's Africa, ah, you know, like that, <laughs> like, like Tunisia desert kind of thing. It was like, but it, it, I, I, I liked dude. all of that. Um, I even didn't mind seeing four Italian men flipping their dicks around on the sand, like, like hard cut clothing, hard cut dick. Like, I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm glad my kid's not in the room. <laughs> like, it's a uh, European movie. I know, so, yeah. yeah. So, but.
0: Gonna hang Dong at some point. Yeah, that's true. Didn't expect it to be so hairy, but hey, Italians. So, you know, it's fun. And I'm surprised this hasn't come up yet, but I'll bring it up now. Soundtrack. Oh my God. It's so good. I love the use of music and I especially love the theme in this movie. Like, it just, it it's enough. And that's really all, you know, you could say about it. It's there when you need it, and it's not there when you don't.
2: Exa- yeah, they didn't, there wasn't a constant soundtrack. It was when there's a moment or there, there's a scene or a series of scenes where you need it. It's there, but it's not like overbearing. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, yeah. I fairly agree with it. It, it. It's It's like Stalingrad in that sense. Although better sound mixing at this point in technology. It's yes. not like Stalingrad. 10 years later. You, right. Yeah. Like, you can tell. Like, and I, and I, and, and, and I, we had that conversation, I think, when we did 93. It's like, you know, we, we were, we were, we like, like that whole entire advancement from the late 80s sound editing. It's like, you know, because even, um, speaking of another Italian movie, what was that fucking World War one Italian movie? Many wars oh. ago, many wars ago. Yep.
2: many wars ago. Yep.
1: Same problem. I mean, gay yeah, that was 70s, early 80s. Had horrendously loud music, but yep. I was going to make the joke that they don't need to redub this for Italian audiences because it's already fucking Italian, so it's like you know there. But I, I, um, I really did, um, have that vibe with this movie for the combat, and I was going to mention that, and when that, that's why I meant by old. I wanted to compare that to many wars ago cuz it felt like many wars ago. And in it, its in it, it its was, fucking bonsai yeah. charging fiascos which I and, agree. and, and yes. that's why I think I say old cuz it feels like a
2: World War 1 movie
1: in terms of its bum rushing, attacking and hand-to-hand combat
2: stuff. And some some of that's true to an extent. I, like I don't mean one, like North one Africa. for one. It's just no, 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 it's just no, 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 I no. feel like that's yeah, that that Yeah, just kind give me a second. Movie, give yeah. me a second to like kind of yeah, 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 yeah. do this whole thought. Like part of that's true to an extent but the way they cuz I was expecting a lot better I guess in the combat because of the rest of the film I was expecting better and when the combat came it was like like you just said it was old and it was like really? Mm-hmm. I mean like what are we doing the sound effects everything the the the, the fucking the editing it was just weird uh Brian
0: Yeah the combat was lacking, but I think this is a good point to detour a little bit and talk about the history. So at this point, the Italians, um, well, a little beforehand, they had Libya as a colony. And in the 30s, they had fought for, uh, I forget the, the other name for it, but basically Ethiopia. There was another term, trans something. Oh,
2: it was, yeah, it was, yeah, the, the, basically the horn um, of Africa with Ethiopia, yes. Yeah, yes, Eastern yep, yep. Somaliland, that Somali, kind of stuff. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. And then war were declared, you know, and the Italians were like, ha-ha, fuck you, Egypt, we're going to drive to the Suez. And they drive into Egypt, and it goes great, they get to El Alamein, this is 1940, and El Alamein is a uh, railroad link that's the furthest western link from, uh, what is it, uh, Alexandria. Um, to Alexander, basically. It's the furthest western rail link. So they get there, it's great, haha. Then the Brits do this great operation, I think Operation Compass, and wipe the fucking shit out of the Italians, push them all the way back, like five, six hundred miles to Tripoli, you know, to Tunisia, basically. And then Rommel shows up. And Rommel basically doesn't listen to the Italians the whole time. And <laughs> He was just sent there to stabilize the front, you know, make sure that they don't get into Tunisia. And then within six months, bam, he is back east of Tobruk in Libya proper, fucking up the uh, Brits, you know. And then in late 1941, the same hang- thing happens. They have a counteroffensive and they beat the fucking shit out of Rommel again. They push him out of Sirenica, almost back to where he started a year before. Then, in the spring of 42, he has another offensive, the El Ghazal offensive, which between May and June, he pushes all the way back to, guess where? El Alamein again. And he had armor so, that time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing. Because the further away that Aramel got from his supply lines, it was harder for him to hold the lines. And the easier it was for the British to build the supplies in Western uh, Egypt or the Western Desert, as they called it, and vice versa. So, as they had the, the big advances in 41 and 42, Or early 41 and late 41 um, for the Brits, that same thing happened. They couldn't, they never supplies in Serenica, and then they couldn't sustain it, whatever. So this happens in, you know, summer to fall of 42, where basically the access are at the very extent of their supply lines. Think about it Stalingrad is happening at this time, the Battle of the Atlantic is happening at this time. And the Germans are trying to hold this very thin line of sixty-five or seventy miles from the coast to the Quatsinara Depression, which is basically like this huge area of just dunes and quicksands. Yep. It's very impassable. You can pass it with vehicles, but it's not like an army. Um, so that's where we are at the war. You know, it's kind of the stagnated part of the front. Very similar to you know Stalingrad, is that late '42 period where the Axis were at their zenith. And the Allies were just tipping the scales. You know, October is very important. And it is, then yep, this, yep. the second battle of El Alamein happens in November, and that just, you know, that's it. They're fucked. On They're top done. of Operation Torch. Yep. So you get El Alamein, Operation Torch, and you get the ring operation to Stalingrad. Bam, bam, bam.
2: So yeah, you're done. And they, yep. they, you know, the German high command was like, Africa, yeah, okay, you got to do more with less. They constantly said that. Do more with less. And by this point, yeah, Stalingrad's going on. you right. And by the second battle of El Alamein, it's like we either hold this or we are fucked. And the Brits overrun it. Bam, they're fucked. And and they they also they did this in Stalingrad too. The Germans blamed their allies. They blamed the Italians for Africa failing, like Egypt's, just, like like that whole thing. Well, the Italians, if they'd have just you know done their fucking part. You know, we we could have held on longer. The Romanians, the Hungarians, the Italians on the Eastern front, actually. Oh, if they would have just done their part, we we could have actually fucking won that, whatever. No, wrong. You guys sucked. You guys promised them to supply them with all of these uh, fuel, food, water. Big thing they, they covered in the movie, water, which I really did appreciate. No, that never came. And they were always promised this shit by the Germans, always, and the Italians said, yeah, if we get these things, we'll fight. We're, we're going to be fine. Like, we'll, we'll we'll put up a fight. And they did, as proven from 40 to 43. And by 40, like late late 40, so November of 42, basically 43, Africa's done. The Germans are done. The Italians are way fucked. And there's no way to get out. So that's... That's why I'm kind of glad this, this film actually portrayed that of like nobody's coming to save you and you're not getting out. So what do you do?
0: The, the only thing I disagree with you is that the North Africa campaign is was traditionally an Italian campaign. At so the beginning? If you, can, if you, yeah. Can, you Yeah, because they invited the Germans. So you can blame anyone, any ally for failures because it's the Italian Navy's fault to not keep the supply lines open. Sure. Once you get to they, Europe, they did
2: overpromise. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Once you get to Europe proper, though, hundred percent right. You're the Romanians and the Hungarians at Stalingrad, hundred percent. But that's but that's a different battle. No,
2: Let's just talk about North Africa. And well, yeah, I mean, no, but so it's just funny. That, like,
0: North yeah. Africa just has that funny caveat where it's like, you know, if the Italian Navy did their job, then because by the end of it, they had the ships and they had the the ability. This people were afraid. It was this corridor of death.
2: You and then the Italians to get Tunisia. fucked in '42. And their, their oh, Mediterranean yeah, fleet's know. gone, but here, okay, so I and guess they're not,
0: and they never had their heart in the war as well after the forty-one defeats, you know? right?
2: And so I this guess what a happened war was to them. was what happened was the Italians overpromised, and then the Germans, when they realized okay things are bad, they overpromised to kind of correct for that huge loss of the entire mostly Italian fleet. The MT uh, the, the Mediterranean Italian fleet was pretty much fucked, even though they were the best, arguably in the MTO, like they were the best. They got fucked in 41 and 42. And then
0: the best special operations forces for sure. The Italian fucking naval yes. special operations. Yeah. Those guys were all, all, all the crazy insane. shit they did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gibraltar Absolutely and not.
2: Alexandria. And so, but, um, so the Italians over promised, then the Germans over promised to overcorrect that didn't follow through. None of the, so it just became like this, this, this massive, like Gordian knot of promises that could not be followed through with, and nobody was willing to admit that they were falling short, neither the Germans nor the Italians. So, yes, you could you you could actually make the argument, and I, I'm not gonna disagree with you on that, that the Italians were ultimately responsible for the massive defeat in North Africa. But the Germans had a big part to play in that because they just the ego 60-40, 60-40
0: but it's the yeah. it's the only time where it's like well you know the the Germans heavily relied on the Italian supply lines because vice Versa they,
2: yeah exactly let's look
0: at Greece same situation oh, the Germans God, didn't yeah. want to get involved and they finally <laughs> did but the big the difference is, is that they can drive their supplies there. There's not an ocean there, and the Germans didn't have to Correct. commit their whole navy, which, by the way, at this point they didn't really have because of this whole country called Norway, which we kind of fucked up invading. You know, we all the German destroyers. Very,
2: very fucking stupid. Yes.
0: Yeah, they're, they're all. Next uh, to I call it. I call it their
2: first. Their first Eastern Front. That's what I call Norway. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a about. shitload of resources allocated for m- absolute minimal gain. Protecting the
0: Swedish, uh, you know, minor basically. That was the yeah, idea.
2: but like the amount of resources they allocated for that, and I, I would argue too that the, like the the same amount of reason like the percentage of resources they allocated to this tiny little shitty Scandinavian country, Norway. I love you. I'm not talking that you're all shitty. Right, and insane I'm not saying resistance that. too. I'm just crazy saying, crazy battles. It was like
0: mm-hmm.
2: a shitty little country that had no. Strategic advantage at that point, but they allocated all these goddamn resources. The Germans did, and they did the same thing in North Africa because, like you said, the Italians were almost like, "Yeah, we guarantee you a victory. It's easy here. Just come and help us." And then they get fucked up, and then the Germans are like, "Well, we're going to double down because we can't." No, they're 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 our friends, man. Like, yeah,
0: and it's a it's a very crazy insane campaign, just with the north Africa? involved and everything. Yeah. Oh my because God. Like, yeah. yeah. And you think about it, like Dunkirk happens and then the fight moves out of Europe. Like the allies are expelled from Europe, literally. So the fight has to move somewhere else. And where does it move to? To the South starts in Eastern Africa and it works its way North. And it's just very interesting, you know, just to see the progression because by December of 40, is when they have a really big British counteroffensive that knocks the shit out of the Italians in Libya. So it's just, you know, this straight progression because people are like, oh, Dunkirk, oh, Battle of Britain, then nothing. It's like, no, 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 no. Everything just shifted. Yeah, Exactly, yes. You know, what are we going to do? We can't invade Europe for a year or two. Okay, so continue the fight. here's
2: the thing is like convincing the Americans to go and like put troops in North Africa at this point was fucking like, are you high? Like what the fuck? Are you no. Why well, is Vichy that? Important? France was
0: was an ally. That was the thing, and FDR was so. Well, I should say. Um, well, no, that's right. FDR was so up Winston Churchill's ass in forty two at the moment that that was a big reason that they were drawn into the fight. No, I
2: know that, but I'm saying before that, it's like trying to convince the United States to get in involved with North. Af- like all the fighting in Europe. Oh, yeah. Okay, once they're expelled from Dunkirk, basically, like like you said to convince another power to come in to fight in some shithole in North Africa. Why? No, we're not really going to do that. And then I forget. The, then, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying like the British went down there and they were like, yeah, we got to fight the fucking Italians mainly at first, like you said, and they did, they kicked the fuck out of them. And then all of a sudden the DAC come or the Deutsche Africa Corps uh, comes in there to reinforce them. Then shit gets really fucked up again just condensing this into a very short, it's not going to be a three hour podcast. Like I can't do that, but like that's, you know, and then all of a sudden, okay. American interest. Okay. Pearl Harbor happens. Uh, I still don't want to go to Africa. Why? What's there? Well, if we can get through Africa, we can get to the middle East. What we call it now that has oil. We just got to get past Egypt. Huh? Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll think about it. You know, then it's like, you know, but, but there had been all that fighting from 1940 on. And that's what this movie portrays. It's like these Italian soldiers had been there for two fucking years at this point. And they're like, what the the fuck?
0: The plan was to meet up in Southern Egypt. Yes. You know? Yep, and uh, and like you said, you know the Americans, they didn't want to fight at all in North Africa, and they basically there was a plan. I forget what it was called, but the first part of it in forty two in the spring was to bomb the shit out of occupied France, and the fall to invade and literally mm-hmm. to like capture Calais by nineteen forty three, and then forty three to push towards Germany. And thank God the Brits talked us out of that, um, because if you look at all the the failures that occurred in Operation Torch with the Americans, you know. Oh, the American yeah. army wouldn't be what it was with enormity Normandy if it didn't have the stumbling block that it had at Iran and Algiers and just you know, all these fights with just the French alone, not to mention the Germans.
2: So yeah. it's yeah. it's
0: very fascinating. And, you know, it's people always say like, oh, the Russian French admire, the Russians won the war with everything. American troops putting their boots on the ground in Algiers affects the fight, Stalingrad.
2: Right, because then there's troops diverted from who would have gone to the Eastern Front to the MTO and then go up to Sicily. Okay, Italy is a hot box. It kind of stalls there, and then the Allies open up Normandy. And all it does is allocate troops, just like in the First World War, once Russia pulls out, all these troops are allocated from the Eastern Front. And they can go fight on the Western front. And oddly enough, we got involved at that time as well. But like, so it's, it's all about like the movement and how many troops you've got to sustain these campaigns you're on in these certain regions. And by America, and I mean, okay, so we can't take uh, credit away from the uh, Great Britain at that point because they had been stalling the fuck out of, and they have been draining the German or the Axis, we'll just say, the Axis resources in North Africa. Since 19, late 1940, they've been doing that. And, okay.
0: Because of the least, thank God. They're right, like and online. so
2: if you, if you allocate two divisions down there to go and fight in Africa, which nobody gives a fuck about, but it's idealistic to a sense, it's about resources and whatever, whatever, you want to argue about that. But, like, if you can do two divisions, that's two divisions less that are on the Eastern Front. And that's a huge fucking number, and that can take pressure off of certain parts. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of the whole point, I think. And yeah,
0: yeah. November ninth, nineteen forty-two, three quarters of the German transport fleet is moving German troops to Tunisia. Two weeks later, the last twenty-five percent of them is sent to Stalingrad to start the air relief. <laughs> you can't do everything at once. No, you using can't. numbers from one front at a year earlier, look at all these planes we have. A year later, oh, wow, we have, you know, you're fucked. It's just, you can't do it. And, and also at this point, you know, the Brits, they were also at crisis mode early on. A lot of the units that fought in North Africa were these crazy amalgamations of, like, volunteers or a lot of Indian Army troops. Um, there were Poles. There were French uh, foreign legion troops. Um, you name it. They were there. Anzac was huge. New Zealanders were huge. Yep, and yep. they even got pulled out after Pearl Harbor. A lot of those guys that were to Brooke and everything literally went back to Burma like in 42. So mm-hmm. that's a crazy story in its own. North a- the desert for two years and then the jungle for three.
2: Like, But here's the thing is the Italians didn't get that rest. But the Italians that were in North Africa were fucking there. They did not get pulled off to go to a different front. The, the Italians that went to the fight in Stalingrad were from Italy, and they shipped them by train to Stalingrad. The guys in North Africa, Italy kind of just basically, from what I've researched and understand, just said, yeah, keep fighting. And the, the, the supply was way down. And they were like, yeah, the Germans will supply you. Well, that didn't happen, right? It happened at first when they first got there. So the guys that have been in in, in North Africa, the Italians, were ground to the fucking, if they survived, they were ground down to the point where they're just like, what the fuck is this even about? Like, why are we doing this? And I'm glad they showed that in this film. Like, the old guys are like, okay, so they're going to have, all right, get down. That one's close. That one's, okay, that one's really close. Get down. They know. They've been there. They understand what the hell's going on. To a T, like to to an excruciating detail, they know what's going on. And these new guys that are going there are like, oh, yeah, we're going to just, this could be a great cause. We're fighting for Italy and blah, blah, blah. And then they realize, what the fuck are we doing here?
0: The urban vigilantes. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. Little bits of slang, but no, it's like North Africa in a lot of ways at this point was it was like the worst points of the Eastern Front you don't hear about at this point, like regev like the meat grinders. It's yep. just attritional warfare at its worst. At the exactly. the of a very yes. long supply line that they can barely keep up with.
2: Is it's that the good first, water? It's the First World War.
0: Is that good water? You know?
2: Yeah, it's, it's like. the First World War in World War II in Africa, Northern Africa.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's just horse shit, and yeah, it's like, how the fuck do you sustain that? You can't. Draw
0: a line in the desert. And they tried to do it three times. Yep. The, the, the Axis and the Allies in two years and didn't work until the Americans showed up. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, sounds familiar, right? Like North African combat, from what I've researched, is on, on, on all sides. Like the Brits, the, the Allies and the Axis, all the soldiers all said the same thing. It was endless fucking countless miles of nothing and a shitload of violence, bloodshed, and nobody ever knew why. There was also a lot of humanity
0: in the desert though. People mentioned because nobody wanted to be there because it wasn't a European country. It wasn't like you're right. driving through somebody's grandmother's garden and through their house. And Oh, whoops, there's the neighbor's kids. Nothing is there and nobody is from there. So it's like, there was just a lot of things that happened in North Africa that were funny. It was, it was, it was veterans remember it as like this funny time. And that's just for like the Western desert. That is a lot of the American troops that fought in Tunisia. Like for example, the some guys in the ninth and uh, the first ID after it, like the guys that fought in Normandy and Sicily and all the way through like the hurricane forest were like some of the worst battles they ever fought for the whole war were in Tunisia, like Kasserine or Tel- Telsi telly I think is the other one that was very big, but like, you know, just fucking bloodbaths. And, yeah, it was just these periods of, of calm and nothing going on. Oh, I'm going to, you know, take a sand bath. And then, bam, all this other shit going on. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, Mike, because you're the only person here who has lived in desert-like conditions for very long periods of time. Um, how did you like that, like, life? They tr- Like, they tried to depict it with certain things. Like, they talk about scorpions. And, it, they, you know. they
2: they did it as well as they probably could because living in a desert fucking sucks, it's it's dry as fuck it's hot it's windy most of the time because there's nothing to break the wind right and um in the daytime it's boiling hot there's sand and dust everywhere they the only thing that I, i i would critique is that there should have been more dust on everything but that's that's a small detail and like it's very hard to do on a set i get that so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like go further and bitch at them about that.
1: You would have been Anakin's worst nightmare. Jesus. <laughs> I hate sand.
2: <laughs> well, it's not, it's in the desert. It's, it's the, it's the powder. Yeah. There's sand. Yes. But like, it's the powder that like, it literally gets in and on everything. Every, like your, your face is constantly coated in it. Like it's everything you have, whatever you move, there's just dust and shit falling off of it. Right. Okay. Okay. So that part, they get they they tried to get it right and they got fairly close, but it's it's really hard. Like if because I know how to like you know when you're producing a movie and like directing and all that shit, you can only do so much, and so many takes and everything like that. So I get that, but like, yes, uh, as far as like them bitching about how fucking cold it is at night, yes, that is accurate because it's so you, your body does get used to say 100. We'll just say 120 degrees during the day right? Your body gets used to that. After like a week or so, you're acclimated to 120 degrees during the day. It's hot, but like your body's like, okay, I can deal with this. My blood is thin. But at night it drops down to 80 degrees. That's a 40 degree difference. That's a pretty big fucking difference, right? And you literally feel like you're freezing to death at night and it's 80 degrees. And I did like, I love the fact in this film that they actually were Putting their ponchos and their great coats on and shit, or their overcoats on, and like they were still cold, and they're like, "God, it's so fucking cold." Yes, it is. Absolutely, in a desert, that's how it is. Desert is one of the most inhospitable, unforgiving environments I think humans can be in.
0: the The number one requested item for soldiers in the Deutsche Africa Corps to quartermasters and to family members at home were overcoats. Yes. It was so cold at night. Guys were like, oh, my God. And they had the trip. Like, you watch the, the Die Deutsche Volkenschau, and it's like, Crack egg, Hans, and let's cook during the day. Yep. And at night, like, they literally made a tropical overcoat that's a different shade. Uh, it's like a very dark brown shade. Mm-hmm. And you'd wear them in the desert because it was so cold at night. And just a funny side note, you see those pop up at the very tail end of the war, too, at huge numbers because they were yep. opening up all the, like, you know, outposts. So that's yep. an awesome look. But...
2: Yeah, it's yep, so it's, fucking cold. Desert environment is, I don't know. I, I told the Iraqis when I was there. I was like, I don't know how the fuck you guys have been living here for this long. Like, Jesus Christ, like it, it's not good. Desert in general, it's just, it's <laughs> fucking insane to me. And they did, they they got a lot of that right. Um, because it's so dry in a desert, even at night, they, if I would to be in charge of like, I don't know. Uh, okay, I guess makeup. That'd be, be makeup. Costume or costume slash makeup. Um, but makeup should have had their lips really chapped. Because my lips were always chapped. All my friends' lips were very chapped when we were in Iraq because it's so fucking dry. It's like your lips are always chapped. They're always sunburned. And they didn't have that in this film. And most most films don't. If they take place in the desert, they don't. That's one little detail that I would have loved to seen in this film because they got a bunch of the other aspects right, but you can't you can't win them all. You can't do everything, but d- yeah. To, an- to answer your question, which I just did, desert environment fucking sucks, and they got about seventy five percent of the way there of explaining how bad it sucks in this film.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because I was thinking about that as I watched it because I've li- I personally never been to a desert. I've flown over them. I, I just never, even in the states, I've just never been to the giant orange killing engine.
2: Yeah, it's so. really it's a weird environment. It really is. Yeah, yeah. This is just, just interesting. I
1: think the closest I've ever been to a desert would have been like Kitty Hawk, and that's not even a fucking
2: desert. Oh, like, that's that's far from a desert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, like that's not, yeah, like but hey. like but like but
1: like if sand is the context for a desert. I, I no
2: sand sand is a cat it's it's a part of a desert right it's, right yeah I, I'm just yep.
1: saying like in my personal experience that's the closest I've been to like mm-hmm. a like a sand dune in a desert is like Kitty Hawkins nowhere it's not even near <laughs>
0: I've been to Daytona <laughs> Beach
1: yeah so you know <laughs> yeah for the race that's but. like saying I went to the coast of Florida I've been in the desert you know <laughs> but there's fucking dunes man
0: like. there's a really big north africa front reenactment in uh texas of all places i really want to
1: go to that one i really really want to go to that
2: one you can do it because like it's the um i i I presume it's the western part yeah of by el paso because like i I mobilized through el paso
1: it's i think it's right outside of el paso
0: and they have like giant dunes yeah my my buddy flew there and he's like then it was an eight-hour car ride So it was, like, really out there. So that that's the, where
2: we were before we deployed, and they got us used to it. Like, yeah, there's
0: a lot of training out there.
2: They, yeah, uh, we were at Camp McGregor in New Mexico. We were, we were at Fort Bliss, but then we went up there. But, like, it's Did within you about Pancho 40 via? miles. What?
0: Did you find Pancho Villa?
2: No, he was long dead, thank God.
0: <laughs> I know, but that's, like, the that's the old patrol bases, though, they used to have along the border. No, I know, at Columbus, old, old Columbus guys, Texas, yeah. yeah. It
2: was funny, because, like, yeah. you know, we, we went, you know, where we're in the 32nd patch. We went where the guys Mm -hmm. in the 32nd went right before the excursion. Yeah. In in 1916. Yeah. So it's it's funny as shit, but like, um, no, that is, it's a, it's a, it's a desert for sure, obviously. And it's a mild desert compared to like the middle East or I've never been in North Africa. So I don't know, but like, so the desert in, in, in Western Texas is windy. It's very sandy. There's not a lot of dust. It's not 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 enough or not uh, enough dust to compare it to like the Middle Eastern deserts. There is, but it's like is it like it, it, more
0: white than it is? For, no,
2: it's Mojave. Um, no, Mojave is it's very red. Um, oh, okay, and for, from the guys that I've talked to that have been there in Western Texas, it's very red. A uh, White Sands is in New Mexico. It's about I don't know an hour and a half north mm, of where okay. I was at. I did go to White Sands. It's fucking awesome, by the way. Um, yeah. But it's a it's it's like this little. That's
0: where Trinity is, right? Or Trinity was no
2: Trinity was in Nevada. I thought right.
0: I thought, I thought White Sands was part of that same Trinity. um, is Los Alamos. Okay,
2: Los Alamos is that in New Mexico? Yes. What part? Can you can you Google that really quick? What part of New Mexico? Because White Sands Sands
0: is all part of it.
2: No, White Sands is a naturally occurring.
0: Part of it is a base, is, is a is a is a range.
2: Sure, yes, but like the, I don't I don't know if they tested nukes there. But anyway, we went there. But it's a very isolated area, mm-hmm. very isolated area of like where the sand is white. The rest mm-hmm. of it's mostly red, and it's like a desert. And then when you get to the Middle East, it's mostly tan, like you would think of, right? It's mostly
1: Los Alamos well, is uh, north center of New Mexico, by the way.
2: Okay, north center. Yeah, so it's it's far away from where and I. Was where's at. White? Okay, interesting.
0: White Sands is south south center so there's two okay well i think one's a missile base the other one must be the nuke one. no white so. white
2: sands is they've got some shit out there i just don't ever think it was a nuclear testing so. white
1: sands national park is is in the center of new mexico
0: because there's this um they found this like a uh, set of ancient uh tracks through a mud bed and half mm-hmm. of it was on like a, like a fucking shooting range <laughs> and the other half was like on national land um, but I, I'm pretty sure it's a missile. It doesn't matter. I just whatever. No, I know, I know there's uh,
2: some military shit around there. I just don't know if there was a nuke test site. But anyway, um, but yeah, desert, as far as it was portrayed in the film, um, it looked like from what I've researched and, you know, uh, stuff, like the very rocky desert of North Africa. And some of it's just plain sand. It's sand on the horizon. A lot of it's rocky as shit. As a lot of the veterans wrote about and all that stuff. And so in this one, they they dig a fucking trench into this like hillside. And they're just like, this sucks. It's dry. It's shitty to dig through. But it's cover.
0: It's insane because it was very rocky, like you said, where they were. Because there's like a little ridge in the western part of Egypt they like you know travels there and it, it kind of goes like city busidi and eastern Cyrenica, kind of um but and as you get more towards the Hard depression it also gets very rocky and that's what one of the reasons it's so impassable cuz it's like quicksand yeah. with rocks and stuff it was very cool to see cuz you yeah. know you think of the dunes and you think of like the dune in the movie you know like oh that's the desert but it's not true like well, the scene where they find the cave paintings i thought that was really cool
2: yes yeah the, the old school very old it's like yeah Some, some person was here hundreds, if not thousands or tens of thousands of years ago and just decided to carve shit into this same rock that we're at. I I thought it was awesome. I love that scene. The
0: Romans had patrol bases in the Southern Libyan mountains that you can still go and find Roman graffiti at from like, you know, the different centuries. Mm -hmm. It's fucking crazy, you know, middle of the desert of nowhere. And it's like some Roman guy from Northern you know italy or gaul or whatever fucking just wrote shit on yep. this rock in yep. libya in the yep. desert it's been here it, it, it's just crazy you know so that was a really awesome nice touch yep i loved that on top of that i love the artillery in the horizon i know that's been done before and that reminded me of spr in a way but i, I it was very well done
2: no but that's actually how artillery looks at night and oh, shit yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it it looks like it looks like lightning flashes and then you've got about you get about 45 seconds mm-hmm. until it lands, but like, yeah, it's, that was cool too. Yeah. Th- There's a lot of really good details and things they put into this movie that made it very good.
0: A L- lot of the cool- Italian paratroopers.
2: That was
1: cool. Mm-hmm. The, the, the practical effects won me hell of a lot over, you know, like yep. the whole, like, I wonder how they did all those artillery lights. I'm guessing just something far away. flashing. I don't know because
2: it sequence. looked very, yeah, it didn't look very, um, uh, fake, I don't for lack I, of a word. I like. think
1: it's a thing that was set up across the desert, and they're just like, All right, on we go. They're just in a random sequence,
0: and it's just, just really,
2: like, really yeah. bright fucking spotlights, just bam, bam, pop. Yeah, pop, you pop. could do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, can reflect yeah you could, but
2: like off. That, yeah. that costs a lot of money, though. So, and it's like, so
1: well, you just said that, so I wanted to kind of launch, and that's why I've been kind of quiet because I've been trying to figure out what the. F- Fuck! I could find this information,
2: and also we've been kind of talking over you. I'm sorry. Well, no, no,
1: you're fine. the The thing was that we stayed in the Western Desert, though. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So when the North Koreans ended up in Vietnam, so, so, um, (laughs) so
1: so the 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 budget, I have only found two two articles after almost looking for like 20 minutes of trying to find the budget of this. It says 9.9 million. Okay. And I guess, but then I was trying to find the like the income from it because we've always compared it to the other things. Yeah. And so far, the only things I've been able to find it only made nine hundred and fifty six thousand dollars.
2: Huh.
0: So, I see that. Unfortunately, yeah, I see
1: it too. Yeah, me too. But like, I I'm trying because it's the same kind of trend I think Stalingrad was in that sense. Um, but I was looking. I'm I've been trying to find it. But yeah, it, it looks like it, it only made like close to a million. And
2: so, like 10% back. Basically. Yeah.
1: It was interesting, though, because I was looking up, trying to make sure I was reading this correctly. So, I looked up Italian Box Office in 2002, and it was behind K19 Widowmaker and My Big Fat Greek oh, Wedding and The Born Identity and The Pianist. Well, of course, it is. Yeah. And like a lot of really good, well known pop culture movies. So, you know, it's interesting, Brian.
0: Prestige movies or legacy movies never do well. Look at the Pacific. It lost so much money. It's great, and I'm glad it exists. But just you know, these types of things are not good financial, you know, endeavors. And this one is very true to the history. Yes. It doesn't go far away at all, which is why I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, but there's no love interest. There's no no crazy fucking stupid. There's no shit. Pearl Harbor saving Private yeah. Ryan fucking
1: <laughs> storyline.
0: Yeah, it's it's guys in a desert sucking. Sucking, and, and then just miserable, that, yeah. And that's what makes it great, but that also hurts it. So I could see why you know just it wouldn't have the best return. It's also interesting too to, to note that I when I looked up when it was made, I was like, oh shit, that's sixty years. So they hit the 60th anniversary of the battle. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, and, 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 and I
2: get why they only made 10 percent back. Like you just said, is it's it's not like a legacy. It's not like a fucking. People, people, here's the thing is people get bored with movies that don't have constant action. They, they, they want to be entertained. They don't want to think right
1: There is not constant action in this movie and we can go into that right later, And, and
2: yeah. it's, if you want to just see constant action and not think, well, the fucking big box office, you know, million Pearl Harbor was made a year before that. Go watch that. Right. I understand it. I don't. I don't necessarily have to agree with it, but I understand it, and it doesn't surprise me that this made that little in the box office. Um, I, and, and again, it's not like other certain films that we recently reviewed, um, where I was like, yeah, well, I'm surprised it made that much, but like, um,
1: it made more than thirty five thousand dollars.
2: So there you go. yeah, I know, yeah. right? Not, I, I wasn't naming any <laughs> films or anything like that, but yeah. No, but it's, you know, it, it is a film that's made for guys like us, right? We're nerds and we don't make up that much of the population.
1: No, there was <laughs> like, yeah, well, it was funny. Like yeah. there was one of the few times I actually agreed with someone on the fucking war movie review forums. Um, He was like, you know, they don't make, um, you know, if we keep, you know, they, they make these movies only if we keep going to go see it. And well, I th- and I thought that was very true. Um, it is, yeah. you know, it, it's like you don't want it to be like that, but it really is like, if it's not us nerds like reviewing and wanting to watch it constantly, they're not going to make it because unfortunately the the demographic of the world does not watch these films. They watch Marvel. They want to see action. action. They want to
2: see. Yeah. They want to see Saving Private Ryan is what they want to see. Yeah,
1: and you know, you know. So do I, to a certain extent, but not every single fucking time.
2: Well, we, we all do. We're all fucking nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that that's why I I get why it didn't make as much as I think it was worth, but it's just the reality of things. Yeah. And because you know it, it, it it's a very well done film, and it, its shortcomings are not that bad. But yeah, go ahead, Brian. The tra- it's a real travesty,
0: too, because, yes, it's not everyone's cup of tea, for sure. You know, like, oh, I want to see Italians die in a desert. They shouldn't be in in the first place. Yay. But um, it's like uh, the magic of this film was in the small moments. You know, it's all about these, like, little interactions, which is just great filmmaking. It's just really good filmmaking with an obscure subject.
2: And, and the writing was not bad at all. Not at all. There was not a single over-
1: cheesy cheesy fucking line of dialogue that could also be the language barrier but it for me because because translation yeah good yeah yeah like like it just you know it could it could be cheesy in italian but i don't know fucking italian so here we are so i think
2: i think the um the subtitles are pretty close close. the copy we
1: were watching which I'll, i'll put a link in the description when this comes out um yeah uh for the link that we used because it's on youtube but uh
2: yep I, but yeah, I, it's, it's like even even if it was like a little bit off the translation itself, it's still the writing was not bad at all. It was believable shit that guys are going to be saying to each other. Right. It wasn't like and that. And how they're saying it. Yeah. It wasn't
1: like the horrible thing where YouTube – YouTube, uh, there's actual real subtitles loaded into YouTube versus YouTube trying to make Italian sound English where you come right. fuck me daddy yes. or whatever the fuck it was last time. Yep. Yeah. It was something weird like that, Brian. Don't give me that face. Um <laughs> it's on record somewhere on one of the things. Anyway.
0: I really, and we'll get into it in a moment, hopefully. I really want to get an F41 at Carcano after watching this. I've wanted one for a while. But That's I really probably like my them. favorite variant You're of just, the They're getting Karkandal more and more expensive, rifle. man. They're they're just nice. They're very nice. I know. They're so great. and, um, and that, that was ball, part of the
2: continuity as well as switching between, which could have been feasible. He could have been like, I don't want to carry the rifle. I want to carry the infantry short rifle at a certain point.
1: I know we're going to save it to the end for IMF TV. I was very happy to see a Breda 30. Oh, yeah. My PP went soft when it shot out flame more than a flamethrower. Well, Never reloaded.
0: No. Those Italian paratrooper helmets, that whole sequence is really cool. Yeah. I, I loved I loved the gear. I loved the outfits.
1: I loved the fucking short shorts, like that shit. With fucking the fucking fire. The fucking vehicles. Yep. The story wasn't terrible. The dialogue was pretty the great. The sets
0: were amazing. sets were sets fucking were It's just, again, flies. Yeah. I wrote that in my notes. Yes. So flies. That, yeah. that, that was really cool touch. That is
2: also very accurate for the desert. These flies, they're big, hot, and pissed off like every fucking living thing <laughs> in the desert. And they are fucking, they're ravenous. I am and they soloing not- that...
1: That's fucking big, hot, and pissed off.
2: <laughs> That's everything in the fucking desert because no, it I never know. dies. I know,
1: but if you take that out of context, it's amazing. I'm going to do that. Either oh, You're big and bold, or you're big, hot, and pissed off.
2: <laughs> use, it, use it however you want. You cannot fuck
1: other men unless I authorize <laughs> <eyes> it.
2: <laughs> you are not allowed to have gay sex with other men unless I authorize <laughs> <have laughs> it. Yeah.
1: I gotta get, I gotta update our intro. Maybe I'm just gonna make
2: something ridiculous. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> just, just shit like yeah. that. But no, on, on, on a serious note, the flies were fucking fantastic because that is, they're 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 so, you get used to them to an extent like they did in this film where they're like just, you're like, how the fuck can you, you got them on your eyes, you've got them everywhere. Like how, how can you just like eat food and there's flies everywhere and there's dead shit. It's like, You get used to them after a while and you start tuning them out. And then, then it gets to a threshold where you're like, I can't fucking do this. And you start like flipping out and shit. You're like, guys, fucking flies. How do we get rid of them? You don't. You don't. They're all, dude, you could be in the middle of the fucking desert. No water for fucking miles. No anything, no dead carcass, no nothing. There'll be flies there to fuck you over. There'll be flies they live, I don't know, how, these fucking things. And I'm like, okay, so you're like the cockroaches of the desert. Because even cockroaches don't live in the fucking desert. <laughs> but the flies are always there. They're always fucking there. And they're always on you. They're like, oh, cool, free meal. No, my tear ducts do not constitute a free fucking meal. Get the fuck out of my eyes. They're always fucking there and they're always aggressive. Like, you know, usually sometimes in the United States, you can, you can swat at flies and they'll go away. Right? No, in the desert, you swat at them. They go, okay, challenge accepted, bitch. And you're like, it's okay, so- go <laughs> fuck. There, there was, oh my God. I'm glad I didn't have a GoPro while I was there because most of the time is swatting flies away. and like, get off my goddamn food. No, you know, do this. <laughs> and sometimes we just ate food and we're like, Oh, the flies are on there. I guess I get AIDS now. Fuck it. I mean, I guess we're fucked anyway. So whatever protein, I guess. Right. Whatever dumpster they were just fucking sifting through and eating rotten shit out of. Now it's on my food and I'm going to consume this. Hopefully I get to go home because fuck this place. Right. (laughs) That's life in a desert.
1: Let all that trauma out, man.
2: No, the flies are
0: fucking unbearable. (laughs) Every single veteran, in World War II or today, for desert campaigns, talks about the black flies and how fucking yes, they, they
2: bite are. too. They, they bite
0: horribly. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's the thing. Is like okay, so these fucking things big, that get fat and pissed off. Yes, they get into your eyes and then they'll start biting your fuck. They're like they're like deer flies. They're not horse flies. They're not that big, right? They're big, but they're not. Uh, it's hard to explain. But the black flies, they're super fast and they're 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 like the fucking.
0: Uh, we unlocked core memory here, Nate. I know.
2: No, the flies, trust me, that's a little thing that, yes, it is unlocked. The flies were fucking awful. Like The worst I've ever fucking experienced in my life. I've been to shitty parts of the US, and they're like, yeah, man, watch the flies. And I'm like, yeah, not as bad as the desert, trust me. They're not as aggressive.
1: I, I don't know. It, 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 it probably doesn't hold a candle to that, but... Sean and I had that with the car pulling out of the site for combat camera where we literally had, I'm not joking, like 300 flies Because everyone had abandoned yeah. camp. It was only just me and Sean packing the, t- the tent away. And it was all the mess hall stuff that they had just dumped in the yeah, field. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Oh, so, there you go. Yep. So <laughs> it was like I had a little bit. Of, I had a Rice Krispie packet that I'd eaten, but the Rice Krispie was like the wrapper was there. I'm not joking, and uh, Sean can't test this. There must have been 300 flies in the car. Like, I couldn't hear anything. I was like, Sean, we got to fucking go. And he's like, what? And it's like I literally had to roll all the windows down and drive (laughs) at 60 miles an hour to suck the majority of the out of the car.
0: I remember you got back to the Airbnb, and you're just like – Ah, <laughs> the dude, fucking flies. They were everywhere
1: yeah. and even when I was unpacking the car 4 days later, I was finding flies flying out of bags. Yeah. No, that's like, how it is. Uh-huh. Like I I had, I had completely transported yeah. an Ohioan fl- fly to Maryland. <laughs> so it's
2: like Well, it's the same continent. Yeah. Customs can't get you. Yeah. But I mean, okay, so imagine imagine, Nate, those flies are all in there and they bite.
1: Now, thankfully, All those flies were not biting; they were just annoying. Being right. a sailor in the bay, you get black flies. They bite. Yes, they bite like because they, they get into the they get into the cockpit, and you're fucking sitting there, and they fucking bite your ankles, and they and you yep. try to slap them, and they're so fucking fast compared to yes. everything else. There, and there you just, go. Oh, they suck. They suck so much. That's how
2: that's how in the living in the desert is is you've got flies constantly
1: down, down in the. Down yeah. in the East Coast Desert, North Carolina, apparently. Uh, uh, the black flies are everywhere.
0: Down in the desert to Kitty Hawk. They're nasty. They're fucking Get disgusting. bombed
2: by the Ohio and Wright brothers. <laughs> in this film, they actually got that right. And when they started ignoring them and just like moving about their business, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Somebody, somebody that advised this film has been in the desert or they just were and they were like, fuck it.
0: I know in Australia, the flies are bad, so they have the Aussie salute. Because you're constantly doing this, waving away and <laughs> rushing away the flies. Oh, whatever. dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the Aussies,
2: yeah, Aussies I love that. Yeah.
0: And that, that eventually carried over to the Marines of the Pacific. And they would say, like, yeah, three days after the battle or after the invasion, that's when the flies really came out. I can't even imagine that. And then after oh, that, fuck. it was like, like, was a, was just, just horrible. Like the battle was horrible. It was like three days of hell and three days or four days of just like charnel house cleanup.
2: So yeah. imagine, imagine you guys, we're all talking right now, right? In in, in a desert or like in a shithole like terror. No, 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 no. It's not even that. I'm going to get really visceral. Like being in a cheap Kung Fu movie. No, no, no. no. I'm going to get even worse than that. It's <laughs> you and I are sitting here talking face to face, all three of us, right? And we're sitting there talking and we go, yeah, so, pff, the, the, pff, yeah, the other day. Pff, the uh, yeah. you're constantly <laughs> spitting them out of your fucking mouth, and once in a while you'll be talking and you'll crunch one. You'll hear it. You'll feel it, and you just go. Oh, hopefully, there wasn't any blood on that fucker from the dumpster or the dead body or whatever. It's like the
0: mosquitoes were pretty bad and annoying at Combat Camera. I mean, obviously they're not like that, but it was it was a bit annoying. But uh so I had my mosquito net, luckily. And I remember when like you know dawn came and we are all good. Sam just had a horrible night sleeping. He was next to Cooper. He got ate the fuck up by bugs. He just saw me with my mosquito net on. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> it's on camera, <laughs> and it's just too. like, Yeah, it's on camera, too. But it's like, you know, it's funny, like, when you have those little things that get you away from, like, the little air, you know, annoying things at night, like the bugs yeah. or whatever. And then your buddies just let you know how much they love you about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's just, you know, uh, they, they did that very well in this film. I loved all the flies. I don't yeah. know. Those are probably just legit flies that just showed up because oh, that's what they do in the desert. When they were on set, they're probably just like the flies were like, oh, there's activity around well, here. Oh, let's um, just all swarm them.
1: Belloc in Indiana Jones, he eats a fly out of the corner of his mouth when he's in the middle of a take. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Desert, same area. Yeah. Like, that's uh, what I was
2: saying. When we we're talking, we'd be like. Yeah. yeah. Although Pfft. I think that's in yeah. California,
1: but still, it's the desert. Like,
2: a desert. Yeah. A desert is a desert is a desert. Exactly. And they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go Brian, ahead, Brian. Go ahead.
0: so i really only have one more point and then we can head to imfdb yeah is you know this film has a few different parts really let's say three parts like getting to the front really you know getting used to the front like you know when they take the vacation and they go they go to the beach and then as i like to term it where will you be when everything comes to an end you know and it really goes to show like the general scene is great. I really, really like that. Yeah. where
2: they, they find him in there or, or, are, you yep. the previous, or are you talking about the one previous or you're talking about the end? towards well, well, the end? Well,
0: when they bear, he's burying his orderly at the end of the film. Oh, well yeah, it's and, towards the, yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and the guy in the desert and he's like, don't worry about me. You know, I'm fine. You know, and I really like that. And obviously you have the other general who's kind of more a piece of shit. Pussy. High, high command guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's just a, such a good contrast, and not to say that the Italians didn't have bad generals, they had fucking horrible generals, especially oh, in yeah. Africa. But they did have good ones, especially some of the, the divisional leaders and stuff. Most but of it was killed
2: a, or overrode, but hey. yeah.
0: But it was it was a nice, interesting contrast to like you know Stalingrad, where it's just like no, put down that chaka you know, ra It's all the stupid shit. But like, um, I just really like that. I thought it was really cool, you know. But just. Again, this idea, it's like, where will you be when everything comes to an end? Well, I don't understand why the fuck
2: they didn't, those three didn't just go with the fucking Brits in the cemetery. Pride. Yeah, I know that, but like, then they're all dead.
0: The sergeant had already escaped the the brits once you know the kid was just so invested into them and the lieutenant just he was too old he, he gave anyway. up
2: he he was fucking well gone. remember
0: they're they like what happens you know you just your nose gets really thin and then you just yeah. don't hear anything and that's right he, he, but, he was
2: checked out but like the sergeant like rizzo he dude why the fuck did he just say let's just go you know, with them
0: why didn't they just surrender in stalingrad instead of walking into?
2: The, into okay the, yeah it's true you know it's true it's the same it's the thing same,
0: and- it, it, it just and at times of crisis, when it's right here and it's facing you, yeah, you know, all you can do is choose your own way out, like downfall when they're having a fucking party in Berlin is collapsing. You know, it's yep. like, w- you, what do you do in these real times of stress? And how I, I just love the, the, the ending, the very end, where it's you hear the bike running and the and decision is it. there, yep. And he's like, you know, you know, I, we'll wait, and you hear that a lot, like, we're gonna wait for you, and that is. I'm accepting my fate. Exactly. I'm going to die here. And it's like nobody knows what
2: happens to them, which is good. I love endings like that. So
0: Yeah. It's just so, you know, it's Stalingrad. We know what happens. It's horrible.
2: But this one is so,
0: this one is so ambiguous. And in my opinion, because the ending is so good and it hit me as hard as it did 10 years ago with the music and they go to the actual monument and all the unknowns. Yeah. Uh, 60 years from 19... 42 to 2022, right? Plus 18, 19 is about 80. 2002. That, the old, 2002. that old man that was in the end in the memorial could have been the actual soldier because you have the one back when they pull away and it's like, well, that's either a son of the sergeant because they mentioned he's a father or that's the actual kid that got away. But, you know, just like the unknown graves, we'll never know. Exactly, so that is, such good filmmaking and such a way to tie well, it, it together also. And-
2: it's so good because that was the Italians' fate on a large scale in North Africa. Is where, how does this end?
0: That battle alone, three whole divisions just cross it off. Just cross it off the list. You know
2: how do they get back? They they don't. You know the Germans barely made some of their guys get back to Sicily through the grace of like I don't know what the fuck. God, they were praying to, but, but but yeah, but it was like most of the guys in North Africa just got stuck there and it's like, did they die? Did they become part of the local populace? Did they, what happened? Did they make it back? Who knows? And that's why I I did like at the end, like you pointed out, like so many unknowns, just all these, all these graves, unknown, 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 like, you know, a few of the names, but it's like, yeah, North Africa was a complete and utter catastrophe. You know, for everyone involved, like nobody got out of that whole shit show unscathed, you know, and it's it's,
0: yeah, it's a very, very, very important forgotten part of the war. I agree 100%. And it's really where the allies got the balls to defeat the Germans and where the access started to really slip and
2: lose everything. And they realized, oh, shit, we've overextended. Yeah. Our, our supplies, can, our supply lines cannot physically keep up with what we're aiming to do and we're getting the pushed sep- back and it's fucked. Yeah. The,
0: the seventh lightning campaign in a row didn't work. The first one was OK. The second one kind of did good. The third one hurt. The fourth one, ow. The fifth one, why? <laughs> like, you know, we're so far into this. Like, it, it, it's just, this
2: is the And then, And like you said earlier, it, it was a breeding ground for the Americans getting better and learning, adapting. Oh, Had they not, man. okay, let's do a hypothetical. I, I usually don't do this, but like, say North Africa never happened, okay? So you've got all those Italian troops in Italy and on the Eastern Front, okay? All the British troops are in England, right? They're just waiting. And then the Americans get involved right away. Well, they have no combat experience. Well, we saw how that was in North Africa, right? And in the South Pacific at the same time. The the Americans got their asses handed to them. There's no fucking arguing that. They got their fucking asses handed to them on a silver fucking platter, right? But the Americans are adaptable, right? And so had they done the whole invasion like you were talking about, you know, at Calais early on, probably wouldn't have worked that well. Probably would have been a lot more losses. But because of Africa, okay, we figured out how we're fucking up, how they fight, and now we can take all of what we learned and adapt that, okay, we're going to Sicily, tough fight. Italy, even tougher. But now we're in Europe, and now we're adapting and all that shit. And it's like, yeah.
0: Without a Casserine pass, they never would have been a fillet's pocket. That's the easiest way to put it. Without a huge stumbling block in North Africa, then we, we would never would have had the tactical ability to do what we did in DTO. You know, right. um, it just, if we had done the operation in the spring of, in, uh, sorry, the yeah, spring and fall of 42, then it would just, would have been a really bad version and an extended <laughs> version of Dieppe. <coughs> yes. To, to give it a Agreed. 1942 standard. Agreed. You know, every single invasion that the Allies took part in for the whole war, we fucked up but we just made it work by about 51%. Yep. There's no perfect Antibius invasion. And that was the one good thing that, you know, we had Torch and we had Sicily right. and That's we what had I mean. Salerno yep. and we had Guadalcanal and we had yep. Munda. And, you know, like a lot of the crews that were in the Pacific also went to Europe. People don't realize that, you know, like yeah they could ship did, ships yeah. across the world. So we had that, we had that slow gaining of, of amphibious experience. And, you know, the toughest, one of the toughest things to do is to put troops onto a ship and take troops off to a ship. Now shoot at them. Yep. <laughs> so, like, you know, it, it's it's incredibly hard. And if so North Africa would have not have
2: been a factor at all in the Second World War, the Americans would be slugging it out in the South Pacific, yes. But, I don't know, like, it. I don't think it would open up the Western Front as another... Way to divert German troops is more as as well as it ended up being. I don't think that would have been possible if North Africa, the Italians, the Germans, the Vichy French, the Brits, the Australians—you know, the Commonwealth—we'll just say troops in general—fighting there. They learned so much in Africa, and I think that's a big fact, a massive factor in what turn the tide on the Western front later on in the war. But like you said, Africa is completely forgotten about.
0: Oh, and and even that, the really important parts of the campaign are really forgotten about. I just read this great book that only talks about North Africa and and AMTO talk about how the, the thirties West point classes and how the early war army doctrine was basically, destroyed in the early conflicts of fighting the Germans and the French and everything but you know the fighting the French was not a pushover there were whole regiments that got fucking destroyed and had to surrender to French units in the first three days of the invasion at yep. Iran especially like armored units and other ones yep. like some of the second armored guys had really hard fights like against French tanks so it's very 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 important and like I said there would have been no Falaise pocket without a Kasserine pass just yep. impossible yeah, and you need that stumbling block.
2: And there's yeah. nothing really made about like it's it's alluded to, I guess, in Patton a little bit, but there's really no films or anything that really delve into North Africa. And this film did, and it was it was very intimate because you get to know the people who were there. They were a line infantry unit. They were one of the um, better known units, the but they were getting eaters. their asses kicked, and. Mm-hmm. That's how everybody felt in North Africa from what I've read. Like, even the Allies were like, we got our shit shoved in. It, it just, nobody won that. It was just fucked, the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, okay, they're out of Africa. Let's go up north. And it, then it's over. And, like, that's why I'm glad this film actually, A, from the Italian perspective, because, like you said, they were very prevalent in North Africa. And that that's what I think led to the ultimate results of like it's italy like just going hey we're, we're, we're fucking done stalingrad this was is one the, thing that they didn't have as many troops there
0: this is the real big crack for mussolini that occurs you know and basically in july of 43 when troops arrive at sicily whoop he's out he's gone you know so this is really the beginning of the end just as in after stalingrad falls people for for the first time ever in germany nazi germany start you know, yelling at Hitler and blaming the government for these failures. So, you know, it's the real big beginning. And yeah, the Italians did have like uh, a few of the Alpini divisions uh, to the northwest of Stalingrad. And those guys had a horrible time too. They fucking literally walked across the steppe. Some of them walked from the Volga to fucking Kharkov. Look at that on a map. And then they had to walk even further because the by that time, the Russians had another offensive. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. So, the last thing I want to be is an Italian soldier in World War II. Yo,
2: no, like, you don't guys, win. Yeah. You you yeah, have no. you have literally the best looking uniform out of anybody. Yes, including the Germans. Yes. This was the this was the um the arid, like the tropical uniform. You should see their fucking wool uniforms. Fucking and, stellar.
0: And everyone's a general, because everyone has a fucking star for some reason. <laughs>
2: I well, don't that, understand any that, of the ranks. That's the that's right? the Italian, like, the Esercito, the, the army. Like, that's their their thing. Like, it's a star, right?
0: Everyone has a fucking star.
2: Right. Like. And, yeah, but they, they had the best goddamn looking uniforms of World War II, the most comfortable and effective, in my opinion, combat helmet, the M33, which in this film was shown. Is a hot helmet. Oh, my God. It was, I was fucking, and it's funny because, like, there was a few scenes towards the end where they were, like, just throwing their shit down. And I'm like, I know that sound, and that was actually an M33 because it's the exact fucking sound they make when they hit the ground. Fucking amazing helmets. Um, and in this film, they actually had the correct helmets. The leather, the blue leather chin strap, they were just painted different colors. They had a good color, too.
0: Not that bad for Italian Army green. It was a little light, but it was okay.
2: The, what do you mean?
0: The, the helmet color cuz some of the guys had tan, some of the guys had green.
2: Yeah, well the it was, the, gr- it was no, the, good the, the green was actually a literal like seafoam green. Mm-hmm. Their helmets were. And but they also varied because of the factories and whatever <coughs> they are making. It's like it. a little
0: like, darker shade from the Russian the Soviet green.
2: No, no, so, no, it was actually totally different. It's um it's literally like a teal almost. It's like a a seafoam I don't know how to fuck to describe. It's a weird color that they actually were. Um mm-hmm. and then yeah, guys would paint them and shit, but like they were a fucking, they actually got the colors right in this film, like, which is fucking insane because you never see Italian helmets. And a lot of times they would have, like, their branch insignia, like, stenciled on the front, but it wasn't necessary. Like, didn't happen all the time. And then, so the Bersaglieri, the um, the mountain troops with the feather, you saw that mm-hmm. in the film, right? Yep. They still wear those fucking things. hmm in Afghanistan, they wear them and all that shit. And it's like this traditional thing of the mountain troops to wear this fucking feather plume on the side, on the right side of their fucking helmets. Awesome. But they put it in there with the sun caps and everything. So. Very cool. <laughs> yep, they still wear it.
0: You got fucking an ostrich on your head, dude. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck?
2: I forgot what kind of bird it is. It's a very specific kind of bird, but like, um,
0: yeah. Well, on that note, I'm IMFDB. jumping the sticker trivia quick. Oh. Uh, and then we can jump in the sticker trivia uh, into IMFTV. so uh yes the desert fox also known as Erwin Rommel is well known for his cunning generalship in north africa but after tunisia which front did he uh, which front was he sent to first person to send the name of the theater that he was sent to after north africa will get a sticker so yes uh IMFTB the line of fire <clears throat> 1934 Beretta 1934
1: love these they're very unique in their sense uh Bretta 38
2: love Super one cool. of the best submachine guns of the second World War yeah I say that is the best way of the war um I'd say the mp34 is pr- uh, besides the papa shot like the mp34 was better than are the you S- talking about
1: the M the MP31 Thirty-four, to- You're, the German MP thirty-four. Yes, you think is better than
2: the M thirty-one? It's better made. The KP thirty-one, the Swomi. I think the Swomi is the best. I think the, the MP thirty-four is the best made and most reliable.
1: I lo- look. I love an MP thirty-four. I absolutely love it. I yeah. think it's the Cadillac of subs. Yes. But it's expensive as fuck to make, so I look at that. Correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's too heavy too. Yep. But it's a great gun. It is. It is the best made submachine gun of the 30s and early Yeah, the year.
2: Italian, the Beretta sure. Model 38, fucking awesome submachine gun. Mm-hmm.
0: Forty rounds ready to go. Yep. Three, like fourteen ways to hold it. You know, fucking it works. To,
1: speaking on that, just real quick, have you ever seen a 4957, Mike, the Yugoslavian? Subs.
2: I've seen them. I haven't handled them. It,
1: it really is a combination of the Beretta and the Beretta thirty eight and the uh, and the PPSH forty one. Nice. It's literally like if you took two of them and smashed them together. Like that's yeah. literally what it because it they the the safety mechanism like everything is off the Beretta the tube in the back the fucking bolt yep. uh, and but you but if you think about the PPSH. Kind of look and frame, and its simplicity in its design. It's like that. Yeah, no,
2: it looks like a, it looks like a, it looks like a bastardized forty-three. I know that, but yeah, like, it's yeah. Um, yeah. MP40 MP forty showed like
1: oof. one scene, and it's definitely a dummy. Yeah,
2: you're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep.
1: Um, the Thompsons twenty-eight. Oh yeah, yeah. The Thompson, yeah. Um, yep. Sten MK
0: two. Yeah, very, 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 very rare in the desert, due to ammunition reasons. But they did have Sten Mark II's in Egypt, hmm. but that's they're they're like so rare. I think they're only used by the SAS or some of the LRDGs. But um, yeah, it was kind of that's kind of neat to see. But they're they're incredibly rare for this campaign. It was mostly Thompsons, uh,
1: M1 or sorry Carcano M eighteen ninety one. And that's a World War I uh, version. I'm well, right. it would
0: have been a 41.
2: No, no. They used 91s through the 50s. Um, yeah, that was actually a 91. I was looking at it. And you can tell by the rear sights. Mm. Um, that's why I said he switched from that to a 91.38, which we'll get yeah. to in a bit.
0: I love yep, I love to see 30. the carcanos in this movie. Maybe you want to play with
2: mine. Um, I could play with one of my ten. So, <laughs> they're very fucking underrated rifles. Uh, car- I got some nice
0: t- th- uh, carbines. They're really they're like potato chips. They really are. They're yeah. still kind of cheap. They're expensive, but they're yeah, still They're getting cheap. they're getting a lot more expensive. Yeah, getting
2: a lot, yeah. The ninety-one thirty-eight, yeah, and those are favorite because they're just obviously shorter and lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, it if he picked it up in you know in favor of his ninety-one, I get that, and so. That sounds like, yeah, it was a continuity error, but was it? Like, who knows? Uh
1: 9138 Calvary Carving with the folding bayonet mm. to give people an idea.
2: Yep. Yeah, I just love them. Very fucking common through both World Wars. Uh Lee Anfield number one and mark. SMLE. Three. Yeah, number one mark three star, yep. So. K-98. Yeah.
0: So I did notice that. I, I don't think they had blanks for some of the Carcanos because at points they were shooting K-98s. Yeah. Like, yeah. They,
2: yeah, they must have just had eight And they were, blanks,
0: they were yeah. switching. And they did an okay job at it, but I did notice it at a point. Yep. I, 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 at one point I saw the end of it, and I'm like, that's a, that's a Mauser fucking front barrel band.
2: Yep.
0: For it's sure. like once you've seen one stamp barrel band, you've seen a million of them. The Brita Model 30. I
1: love seeing this because I thought that was a thirty-four, the first shot. And I was like, oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. how they got around it. But no, they actually had it. It's yep. just he never reloads because it's a propane <laughs> right. gun. It's
2: a 20-round fucking charger that we were talking about. Those shots, dude. He charger. was firing
0: like 60 rounds. I know. Them, yeah. I
2: know. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, hey, man.
0: I'm just glad it was there and it's not an MG42. Yes. You know? True. Nope. At the end of the day, it's like... The, the amount of Italian... This is the most correct movie for Italian firearms. It is,
2: yeah. It's, it's pretty know? damn good. The rate of fire was exceptionally fast. Oh, yeah. You can but, give a shit for that. Yeah. Oh, the MG42? Oh, speaking of, yeah. Is this in every fucking World War two movie ever? They,
0: well, they, they did make it to Tobruk, so this is not wrong. But is the early models that made it with the horizontal charging handle and everything. Which they yeah, don't so. have here. It's, no. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Vertical. The really bad one that, like, fucking
1: oh. made the guns unusable. <laughs> I want uh, Yeah. Oops. i got to work on that.
2: <laughs> the 80mm. Yeah. Uh,
1: yep.
0: German mortar. The
2: mortar. Yes.
0: Which was kind of farby the way they used it, but it's okay.
2: Well, if that's the only one they had, though, they wouldn't want to risk it to be damaged, and they... But they were so close. I know, I know, yeah. It's... <laughs> it was so close. <laughs> yep. The, what the fuck is that? Oh, it's a... Oh, oh, oh the, the machine carrier. That's the lower...
0: Yep. That's the lower half of, like, a, of a crusader or something. That's actually not that wrong. No. It's probably some, some husk of a tank that doesn't work anymore. Uh, everything else is wrong, though. The 113 is in the French freaking, AMX oh, M- M- yeah, MKF-3 48. self-propelled yeah. gun
1: was introduced only in the 1960s. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: the M48 Patton. Yeah. yeah, I noticed.
0: But they did they did such a good job of trying to not show it was post-war, though. So I got to give them a lot of credit for it. Yeah, most because you
1: know? like other movies just show them though. I, okay. I
0: expect a giant roundel with a guy with a top hat on the top and fucking, you know, noon sometime. right time. Okay, chaps! Where's my bulldog? Like, no. So this
2: enough. one, okay. They could have definitely, and they did do this. They use American shit. Like, go down to the half track. The M5.
0: It, international Harvester uh, half tracks, yeah.
2: They definitely use those, so it's not totally inaccurate. It's just... Lazy at this point, but it's 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 fine.
0: Well, it's like the um nineteen sixties rap patrol deck. Yes. It's American Half Tracks. Yep. It's kind it's, of an homage. Yeah, they
2: they 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 got a couple of them. They used them, yes. But they were also gasoline and they mostly burned diesel, so whatever, but not totally out of the picture as far as accuracy, but also again, lazy. So um the one one three the one one three no.
0: Yeah that that's the most atrocious, but they did keep it far away. They did and again. They they did a very good job at concealing what was clearly wrong. Yep. Um. They cared, and it shows. Yes. So. Yeah. A A for effort for sure. Yeah. Yeah, not bad at all. Be, being someone that's a real vehicle snob too, like they did a very good job. Yep. What camouflage they camouflage it, it would work
2: because the M48. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's not. Correct, but it was also like for a split second in a couple mm-hmm. scenes, and I'm like, okay, you tried to cover it up because it's at night, yeah, like you said. So
0: they they used it for what they
2: were. They were tanks and armored vehicles, and yep. they wanted tanks and
0: armored vehicles. So here they are. Hey, the only part part of that fucking thing is the gun in the tracks. And what do you see? Yep. The gun in the tracks. So
2: yeah, exactly. And we're we're one of the very again, our breed, not a huge percentage of the population. Nope. That's actually going to notice that, you know. Again, mm-hmm. the effect comes through. It's a tank. It's got tracks, a turret, and a gun, and bam, it does that. Ah. So, yep. I think that we've arrived at final thoughts. So, who wants to go first? Why don't you go first, Brian? You haven't gone first in fucking months. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> it's a very interesting movie.
0: Um, you know, it's an Italian Stalingrad in a lot of ways. The original battle. And, uh, no, it's really well done. Like I mentioned earlier, I got a lot of Platoon vibes from it this time. And thinking about it, as we were talking about it, I really do see this as an Italian version of Platoon. You know, new kid thrust into a really bad, you know, situation as a volunteer. Didn't have to be there. Everyone's mad at him for being there. Nobody wants to be there. The only difference is that in Platoon, you get to go home. North Africa, you become a corpse. So, you know, well... Don't pass go. Do not collect $200. Um, but no, it, it's an amazing movie. You know, it's more of an emotion than a film, I think. It's shot really well. It's cast really well. It's delivered really well. It's got a really awesome soundtrack. I just really like it. Um, at times, it reminded me of Canal in a good way. And also, Fire was on the Plane. You know, just people in desperate situations trying to pick your exit. You know, where where is the dignity in your way out? And I, I find a lot of uh, respect in the way that they approach that question. So that being said, I, I'm going to give this a nine point five out of ten. I uh, I think it's a really great movie. It's totally worth a watch. Um, and it's the best Italian front movie from the Second World War. And I don't think that will ever be. So it's it's awesome. Definitely see it.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's um, It did have a lot of vibes of other films, but it also did it in its own way, which I respect the fuck out of. Um, yeah, again, like I've, I've said, I'll just reiterate it one more time, is North Africa is never covered, especially the Italians are never covered. And I like the fact that they did it in a very respectful way and as a real way. And it showed the human part of it, the human suffering, the, the bullshit of these guys that were in North Africa all over and you're on your own that's it like there are no reinforcements there is no water coming when you when you when you're like when you're in a position where you're fantasizing about getting fresh water you're not in a good spot right i'll we'll just throw that out there and that's what this film shows and these guys are not in a good spot and it portrays it very well the vehicles are awesome the sets were fantastic Uh, The way it was shot, I didn't have a problem with that at all. Um, The acting was not bad at all, either. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was overdone. I didn't think it was underdone. I think it was just right. Um, And the scenarios, yeah, they're fucked up, and that's how it was for them. So, um, yeah, all things considered, I'm going to give this one an 8.6. Very high score because, yeah, I I, I definitely recommend watching this, too. It's, It's... It's boring at times. It's like, holy shit. At times there's a few things lacking, but that's way overshadowed by the things this film did. Right. So that's my, uh, that's my score. Nate.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been quiet tonight just because you guys know a lot more of the history about it and the uniforms and stuff like that. So I Barely. I just kinda let you guys well <laughs> more than me, how about that? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I just have been kinda quiet listening.
0: I couldn't tell an Italian private from a fucking general. Right, client. right. <laughs> Learn more. <laughs> um no Oh the- sorry, he's got the beige star on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's where he has it on his uniform, penis. Oh, oh. oh.
0: shoot the guy! I don't fucking know. He
2: it, it's, it's tough. I'll, I'll give you that. It's fucking tough. Yeah.
0: I'm from Brooklyn. It doesn't speak English.
1: I just fucking I get rid of the problem. Anyway. You're the closest to any of us to them. Okay,
0: like shut up. Listen. After we're done with what the pod, f- I'm
2: going to tell you a funny story about how I learned how to figure out Italian rank when I was in Iraq. So
0: all I say, all I say, is this. One of my favorite quotes from the war comes from a guy f- who carried a Thompson from Brooklyn through it, and he goes. The master key of the war is a fucking three rounds from a Thompson. You getting anything. So anyway. <laughs> Safe, a door, a person. You know, three rounds of a Thompson. Good to go. So. It's a problem solver. Sorry.
2: Good old 45. Um, Magat 40. Problem solver.
0: So, so
1: I mean, I guess... it's speak of it as like a film guy i i think i I don't think the story drags i mean i i I think it drags but 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 the subject matter is interesting enough not to have the story be the, the point that's dragging it out like the subject matter makes it keep going um being in in actually in italian is really awesome having the sets the desert the practical effects um, even if it's propane torches out of a machine gun, I still <laughs> like it enough to, you know, to to be like, okay, um, I like the characters. Nothing screamed cheesy or, you know, uh, tropey. It was unique enough. It was artistic enough in its delivery. It had some unique shots. It had some unique editing choices with sound and camera angles and following and doesn't have a ton of combat it reminds me of more of following the characters in a situation kind of film than a giant blockbuster spectacle um i think it is a very well done movie however it does have some flaws which we've talked about and some things that you know it's not going to hinder it's not going to bring it down to a fucking i get to use the new trope now a tunnel rat level you know (laughs) but uh you know we uh we we uh, we've we've been waterboarded by some horrendous movies lately. And so it's been nice to have a nice breather in a, I Mm -hmm. guess a film that is, I think probably the only and will be the only film about the subject for a very long time, unfortunately. And I think to reiterate what I said before, I think North Africa as a whole needs to be really kind of looked at and brought back to a current modern cinema Uh, thing i I really do because i mean unfortunately i'm going to say out loud 22 years ago at this point is old unfortunately (laughs) we need to have something brought up a little bit more to the to the modern time so i'd love to see that hopefully in the future that being said um all in all i mean i I liked it i enjoyed it i think i want to watch it again not so rushed because today I was hitting deadlines, but I think I'm going to give it – I'm going to do the Mike B approach. I'm going to give it a decimal here. I'm going to give it a 8.9 Screaming Mel Gibson's out of 10. Nice. There's just a few things that pulled it down for me and a few yep. things that are annoying. Probably Europeans with guns that mainly makes me the most cringy. Yes. Um, but other than that, <laughs> it, it it holds up pretty high in my book for what it is, and I, I'm I'm very I was very happy to dedicate my time to watching it tonight. Did not make me want to like hate fuck something <laughs> like Tom <tunnel> rats <laughs> like that was so brutal. That was fucking. <laughs> I, see, it's, it's fresh for me because I had to edit it recently, and it's like. And then I had to listen to it. It's actually one of the ones I've actually re-listened to a lot recently because it was so bad for us to review. The jokes that we make are so funny to me. So it's like I keep fucking like listening to it. It's just like, oh, God, this biblical piece of shit. God damn. You know.
0: Oh. Putting all the scores into the computer that will tell us if Mussolini will have a victory parade in the streets of Alexandria. Or if he'll just hang in there. With his horse. Yes. Yep. Well, you know, you might have to get a new horse though. Uh we get a score of nine out of ten. Nice. So yep. watch this movie.
2: Yep, definitely. Get off recommend. your
0: couch. Go leave work right now. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube and go watch it. It's fucking
2: awesome. How was it's
1: Mussolini really- executed?
2: Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, was, was no. he hanged? <laughs> he was He was hanged and Dismembered. We'll just put it that way. Him
0: and his, him and his mistress, yes. hung by piano wire, upside down. Him and his mistress. Yeah, they were dismembered.
1: I knew that, but like they, they,
0: he was hanged.
2: They were right. hung by piano wire, and they were slowly like. Okay, m- so my joke did land. It. Okay, all right, got the it. The way yes. that they
0: yeah. die is the reason Hitler killed himself. So,
2: yeah, it was. He, he,
0: Hitler found out that all the photos of Mussolini getting strung up came, like, were released around the world, and he was like, "Burn me!" And so they did. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's how violent and vicious it was. They,
2: they, they struck him up, mutilated him and his mistress, and then they dragged them through the streets in like a celebratory fashion.
0: He surrendered to the resistance that morning, and it was a rogue resistance band intercepted the resistance band he surrendered to and decided to execute him. They weren't going to do it, but they this other band decided to do it because they, they did it like along the siding of a road. Yep. So yeah, I remember it was, it was, very, very, it was nasty, very impromptu, but-
1: very like fast. Mm-hmm. From what I heard you know, yeah, and nasty, man. and they photographed it. Yeah, and photographed it, and then plastered yep. all over the world. Yeah, yep. That's why you know Stalin has Hitler's skull in a basement. Well, oh, it's like
2: it's so. like when Gaddafi got got caught. Gaddafi, yeah, yeah, bayonet up his ass. That was like, yeah. Oh, I heard it was a tire iron. Probably no, it was a bayonet. It was ah. something fucking. Well, they found, I, was, I was at
0: a fast food place called Dutchess. Anyone from England will know what I'm talking about. Having lunch. When CNN comes on with an exclusive bulletin, and they're pulling Gaddafi out of a sewage pipe out of the ground. They're like, look, we found him. And it's like that whole experience. And then, thus the term Gaddafi came out. So, it kind of ruined my lunch. I was like, oh, I guess I won't go to the claw machine now. But, you know. Oof. <laughs> oof. Big oof. <laughs> uh, whoops! But
1: yeah. Anyway, we'll it's kind uh, of a trend for uh, fucking Middle Eastern
0: dictators. be pulled out of a hole somewhere. So, is that good water from Al Dad? Don't let them steal it from you. Catch you guys next week.
1: Those Italian guys had a lot of merkins on them,
0: but you know. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.